This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Ed Robertson, hoping you're enjoying this encore presentation of TV Confidential. We'll be back with a brand new edition of the program next week. Hello, I'm Richard Anderson. You are listening to TV Confidential. Robertson, along with Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen, welcome you back to TV Confidential, a radio talk show about television that is pleased to welcome Mr. Robert Crane. It's great to be here. Or Bob Crane, as we now get to call him. Yeah. <laughs> we've become friends in a radio talk yeah. show since. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robert was... Crane, uh, eldest son of actor Bob Crane, and an accomplished author, journalist, and screenwriter in mm. his own right. Bob's life, of course, was changed forever. On the afternoon of June 29, 1978, when he was summoned to the crime scene in Scottsdale, Arizona, I should say, uh, to identify his father's body after Bob Crane was found brutally slain in an apartment in Scottsdale, Arizona, the murder that remains unsolved to this day. And while Bob will always be linked to that tragedy and the fallout surrounding the good side of Bob Crane, he's also carved out a very successful career as a freelance journalist where he has interviewed hundreds. Hundreds, right? Yeah, I guess hundreds. Now. I, well, I, I originally had dozens, but dozens <laughs> yeah. didn't sound enough. Yeah, <laughs> tens. How about tens? <laughs> a lot. Of, of, uh, scores. So, scores. Scores. <laughs> yeah, scores. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, don't use, yeah. we don't use the word scores no. a lot. No. You know? Uh, scores of ce- celebrities uh, for such publications as Playboy, We, and the Los Angeles Times, as well as six years as a publicist, producer, and confidant to actor-comedian John Candy. Rob, uh, Bob talks about this and a whole lot more in a great new book, which we will tell you more about in just saying. But first, Bob Crane, welcome to TV Confidential. It's great to be here. Thank you. What were you doing on the afternoon of June 29th, 1978, when you first heard the news about your father? To set the scene, I was living with my dad in an apartment in Westwood, California, Mm -hmm. uh, where UCLA is, suburb. And I was typing up, uh, transcribing an interview I'd just done with Chevy Chase. Wow. Wow. This is 1978. Chevy is hot, hot, hot. He's left... SNL to become a movie star and he's still doing some TV specials for NBC and so I got to interview him for We Magazine he was great, he was funny uh, just having a great time typing this up I look at the clock, I realize I have to drive my grandmother my dad's mom out to the San Fernando Valley where 
in typical Hollywood fashion, she is still friends with my mother, so their ex daughter in law and ex mother in law, and my stepdad Chuck is out there. They're going to have a little visit. So I drive her out, pull up in front of the house. Uh, Ann and Chuck, my folks, live in Tarzana. Chuck comes out, usually a real jovial guy, real serious face, looks at me. Bobby, get in here. I think, what? You know, what happened? Did something happen to mom? Or go in there, call your dad's attorney. Okay. I call his, uh, my dad's attorney, Lloyd Vaughn. Lloyd said, there's a rumor your dad's been shot. What? I'm going to Phoenix right now because, as you mentioned, my dad was in Scottsdale doing a dinner theater. All right, but uh, beginner's luck. Beginner's luck. And I, he said, do you want to go with? I said, absolutely, because I, I was the person from the family. It wasn't going to be Chuck. It wasn't going to be my mom, obviously, or my sisters or grandmothers. It was me. So I met Lloyd at Burbank Airport. We flew to Phoenix, got picked up by a Scottsdale Police Department detective. And as we're driving into town, he turns around, Barry Vassal, turns around and says, uh, gentlemen, I have to tell you, Mr. Crane's deceased. Whoa. So we drive to the crime scene. Now, this is 1978. This is all pre-CSI, mm-hmm. DNA, blood testing, all this stuff. And we drive to the crime scene. My dad's body is removed. He's at the morgue. But we walk through the crime scene. We're touching oh. stuff. Oh. I'm lifting up stuff, you know, to see, well, wait, what's this uh, six-pack of beer doing here? You know, my dad didn't drink beer. What, why is this ashtray full of ashes? He didn't smoke. Why is there a bottle of scotch over here? He didn't drink scotch. Why was the door unlocked? Why was the door unlocked? And, I'm, you know, we're touching stuff. I'm looking at the equipment he had. You know, he, he had Sony and Akai videotape equipment and cameras and, you know, cables and all this stuff. And I go into the room where the murder was, a bedroom. And, again, he's he, his body's not there. But I looked at the bed, and it looked like a Japanese flag to me. There was a big red circle. Upon closer inspection, I looked at a wall. I saw some blood in the back, and I think brain matter on the wall. And yet, here we are. We're totally contaminating this mm-hmm. site even further. But I found out after the fact that the woman who was in the play, Victoria Berry, had gone to the apartment to... Uh, I don't know, do a scene or something with my dad or make a tape. Who knows? Uh, and she knocked on the door, no answer, opened the door, unlocked, walked in, and found him. She screamed, went running from the apartment. Neighbors called the police. Police came out there. Now there's detectives and police officers in the apartment with Victoria. Everybody's smoking, you know, touching stuff. <laughs> And because I had called there earlier in the day to just talk to my dad, and a woman answers the phone, which is not, uh, you know, not unusual. Not unusual. And I said, Oh, uh, hi, uh, is my dad there? And she goes, No, he's not here right now. Well, I found out, you know, he had been dead at least 12 hours. And the whole scene is people sitting around, everybody's touching things. So that was first. Then we came in, the attorney and I. Further touching things, and I think I I took things, too. I took uh, the six-pack of beer because I knew yeah. that night 
I was going to be sitting out by a pool at a motel because it was 110 degrees in Phoenix the end of June, mm-hmm. drinking beer and crying my eyes out. So, welcome to Phoenix. <laughs> I don't remember whether it was the same day or the following day when you went to the morgue to identify yeah. the body. Right. You, and, and again, this, Bob, this means what it means. It, this is just the way my mind is thinking. When you describe identifying your father's body, you're shown his left side, which was his good side. Shown his right side. I'm sorry, his right yeah, side. His the, right side. The side that was not bludgeoned. Right. The side that you can show to the public. Left side of head bludgeoned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at his right side. And you know, forgive me if this doesn't come across the way I want it to come across, but given that your father was sort of a living dichotomy on a lot of levels. Yeah. It sort of makes sense that you only get to see, at least it was, it was kind of fitting that you got to see his good side yeah. in yeah. that final moment. Yeah, he was an actor after all. <laughs> <laughs> you only see his good side. Yeah. Yeah, well, of course, he was, when I saw him on the slab, and that was the first and only time I've been to a morgue, uh, he was cleaned up. Yeah. So, But he was naked, and I, uh, as we have in the beginning of the book, this great line by Christopher Isherwood about being, I am a camera. And that's why we use this, the the epigram of the book. And I remember just thinking, I've got to record this in my brain Mm -hmm. and just remember as much of this moment as I can just for the future. And so I just panned his body a couple of times and just looking at everything. And of course, I find out later he was struck in the left side of the head, so I didn't see that. I mm-hmm. saw the right side. So to me, it looked like you know, I couldn't really tell what had happened. The book, by the way, is called Crane, Sex, Celebrity, and My Father's Unsolved Murder. The author is Robert Crane or Bob Crane, and uh, the, uh, the book is available in bookstores everywhere as well as Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com, and wherever books are sold online. Do you have a website for the book? We, uh, we don't. The, the closest thing <laughs> we, uh, we the closest thing we have is you can go to the University Press of Kentucky, who published the book, and they have a site. Or you can go to my author page at Amazon, and there's some information. So, and we'll yeah. also have all, we'll, we'll have all this linked up on our website, TVConfidential.net. And we sh- we should also mention Christopher Fryer. Christopher Fryer, your longtime collaborator. Longtime collaborator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. Having done a little collaborative writing myself, I, I know there's a difference between and and with. I mean, you, usually, and this is a little inside baseball, and usually means that two people did the writing or worked yeah. on together. Yeah. With a collaborative right. partnership. Yeah. yeah. And again, we're, we're, we're jumping around. We will get back to June 1978. But I mean, in terms of putting this book together, how did you and Christopher work? Well, we, we had, uh, just to give the listeners a little background, we had done interviews for magazines mm-hmm. back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And our first project together was the first book on Jack Nicholson. Which we're going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so I'll save that for later. We're going to talk yeah. about that. <laughs> and then we, we met up with Bruce Dern mm-hmm. through that book. And yeah. we can, started to interview Bruce for different magazines. And... Finally, in 2005, we pitched him, Bruce, you got to tell your story. So we sat down with him uh, in Pasadena and met at the Huntington Hotel mm-hmm. in the bar mm-hmm. every morning because it was empty and quiet. 
and he lives about 10 minutes from the Huntington Hotel. So we met there for like two months, five days a week, recording everything. We had, you know, a thousand pages of transcript and Mm -hmm. cut it down. So that was our second book. And then I had done some books on my own. I I worked on an SCTV book with Dave Thomas. Which we have. And uh, that was a lot of fun. I I love that show, the uh, uh, former late-night Canadian comedy show, John Candy, Mm -hmm. uh, Eugene Levy, a lot of people, Martin Short. Then I got to work with Tom Mankiewicz, who's a, who was a writer-director. Uh, his father was Joe. We just lost him a couple weeks ago. We lost him, yeah. yeah. Uh, his father was Joe, who directed and wrote uh, All About Eve and Cleopatra. And, and his uncle was Herman, who co-wrote Citizen, Citizen Kane. Kane. Yeah. So that's a family he comes from. And he has a cousin, John Mankiewicz, who works on House of Cards. Mm-hmm. and House of Cards? I believe it's House yeah, of Cards. House of Cards, yes. the Netflix show. And there's Mankiewicz is all Ben Mankiewicz on TCM and Josh Mankiewicz on Dateline. These are all the Mankiewicz family. So Tom takes us through the family and his career. And unfortunately, as you mentioned, he's no longer with us. But so very long story short, and you got to stop me. Just go. We got to no, keep you're, moving. You're, you're the star of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, through all these books and through 20 years of interviews with Playboy and. I just felt like I kept getting better mm-hmm. mining information from people. I love to get information out of people. And uh, we just came to a point, Chris and I were talking on the phone. Chris lives back east. I live in Los Angeles. What do you want to do next? Do you have any ideas? They said, yeah, we should do your story. Now, Chris and I have known each other a long time. His family has gone through a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. similar things to my family, but my dad just happened to be on TV. That was the difference. We could have told his dad's story as well. So we said, well, that's a subject we know well. <laughs> so we just started it and uh, it took five years to do because we worked very slowly. And uh, Chris kept pushing to mine the information. But this time it's from me. Yeah. And uh, just pushing. Well, why did you do that? Where Where did you go after that? What, what happened? You know, boom, boom, boom. I, I think the human instinct is to relax and set back. And he was the one who kept going, no, 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 no. Tell me, you know, what did it smell like? What did it look like? Wow. You know, what did it, what, what did your dad's face feel like when you touched him at the morgue? Cause I kissed my dad on the cheek mm-hmm. and I said, Oh yeah, it felt like cool clay that, you know, that you play with yeah. when you're a kid. So we added, you know, we kept getting more and more specific and I thought it made the book, what better? The name of the book is Crane, Sex, Celebrity, and My Father's Unsolved Murder. Robert Crane is the co-author, along with Christopher Fryer. We'll continue our conversation with Bob when we come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us. Ed Robertson, hoping you're enjoying this encore presentation of TV Confidential. We'll be back with a brand new edition of the program next week. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button.
This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.